Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Worst grade. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Welcome to We Got This with Mark and Hal, the show where we settle the debates nobody else will touch. Hal, when you started to record that opening, at first you said best school year and i thought oh no no i thought we were doing worst yeah because i know what i think is the best one and i'm sure we will get to that do you have a best year of school for you you know here's what i love about this topic i think this is so fun when you mentioned this today i got so excited about this topic a listener named naomi sent this in via email so we do check the email and it's a great suggestion among a list of many others you provided us with but this one was intriguing because we all have a personal opinion and a personal attachment so i may have like a grade that i thought was the best and a grade that was personally the worst for me that could be switched for someone else i would say personally my favorite grade was senior year of high school well you know what you just answered my second question then hal Hmm. is how far are we going? Are we going the full K to 12? Yes. Yeah, senior year was tough to beat, man. Senior year was pretty magical. It was. Is it, was that your answer as well? If I were to ask you the same question? Um, You know what? I Well, I was thinking at first I went K through, well, I went to two different schools. I went a K through eight school, okay. and then I went to a different school for high school. I was a Catholic school, kindergarten through eighth grade. Uh, The whole shebang, uniforms, mass once a week and then for high school i went to the local public high school which i happen to really love that way of doing it because my elementary school was only about 45 kids per grade but my high school was huge there's 500 kids per grade but we had the football team we had the pep squad we had the drama club we had you know there were so many different opportunities to try so many different things and become a part of whatever friend group you gelled well with you know what i mean Yeah. And those pods, honestly, Mark, hold up even in smaller schools. I mean, I went to a Jewish kindergarten, then a Jewish first grade. I went to, Mm -hmm. I think I might have gone to Jewish kindergarten twice because my parents put me in school early. So they were Mm -hmm. trying to go like, let's not have him be the youngest kid. He'll just be sort of middle of the pack age wise. Then second grade through 12th grade, I went to, what's the name of the school? Abingdon Nemesis School. That's right. Abington Nemesis School. Yes, I went to a private Quaker school in suburban Philadelphia or in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And I was there. You have a lower school, which is first grade through fifth grade. Then you have a middle school, which is sixth through eighth. And then the upper school, which is high school nine through 12. But even in a class of 39 kids, which was the size of my graduating class. Your high school graduating class was 39 kids. Yes, you still have the school as a whole. And the, the, the upper school or our high school was probably 150 kids, maybe total. But as a result of that, you all break into pods. So there are the theater kids. There are the kids mm-hmm. who compete in athletics and generally like two grades stick together. So you have the seniors and juniors and then sophomore and freshman because they're closer in age, but you're still in those same pods. That's just how we gather as people. So that's how you and I met because we yeah, both were interested and, and we're both actors. And then we build a friendship off of that. I love that because commonality. as a kid, we didn't, I didn't really have, we didn't have a drama club. We didn't have a theater class. They did at one point have a theater elective or it was like 
I don't remember exactly what it was. If it was like for one semester, you could take it in eighth grade. If you, it was sort of a, eh, let's try this out and see how this goes thing. And in fact, I don't even remember if it was an after school thing or an in class thing. It was so kind of just a thrown together thought. In fact, I think it was a class because I think most everyone just took it because sure, why not? But you found there were enough people interested in theater in a full class of 39. And there were enough people interested in different because our theater group was out of the entire school, it was never more than 50 or 60 kids out of a 2,500 kid school. Sure. There may be like six of us or seven of us that did shows, but Boy, that's that, a cool, then, that's a cool number though for that. But it's, but if the show was not that small because you also have yeah. the junior sophomores and freshmen all, all in those shows together. What I'm saying is like you gather enough kids together in one place and they're all going to try to find like, our, what is the thing that I like? Let me find other people that like that. And that is going to be. The beginning basis of our friendship. And that sometimes creates long lasting friendships like it has with you and me because it extends beyond that. Yeah. I like to think of it as we're using performing to stay close to one another. Like it just gives us an excuse. You don't think it would happen anyway, Hal? You don't think it would happen anyway? It probably would. It probably would. But like, you know, there are people I'm close with that I performed with for years and years where I would drop everything if they needed anything. I feel like they would drop stuff for me, but we're not in contact as much. Yeah, there's not as much. We're constantly. We have a reason. We have uh, an impetus to talk to one another and make time to talk to one another. Yeah, above and beyond. I love that. You've heard the phrase "a reason, a season, or a lifetime." Oh, Have yeah. You heard that? No, I, uh, the, I, the, the, I, no I, I was saying, oh, yeah, because I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But I've not heard that before. Yeah, I heard that as a way to describe friendships. And uh, the longevity of a friendship is based on a reason, a season, or a lifetime. A reason being you and I doing a short run of a play together. Mm -hmm. A season, you know, a short span of time for whatever reason, or a lifetime, which I think you and I are, Hal, which I'm very excited about. For sure. I will tell you, I only have really one kind of friend and it's lifers. all lifetime. I oh, only good. like lifers. Like I, I don't know how many people, how many people that you went to high school with or junior high or just anyone you went to grade school, kindergarten through K through 12. How many of them would you say are remain close friends that you're in regular contact with? Well, I have an active Facebook group with all of my choral ensemble friends from mm. high school. I have a lot of friends from high school that I stay in touch with fairly regularly, but that's the way that we do it most often. But this is actually a pretty timely episode. Uh, people of the world, if any of you will be in Knoxville, Tennessee on February 19th, I will be there doing a reunion concert for the 1995, I think, or 96 through 1998-99-ish era of our choral ensemble we are doing a reunion concert hal i don't think i told you about this yet no I'm yeah we're excited. doing a straight up reunion concert and it'll be really fun to see everybody come back together again after all that time you know i was I, my buddy brad we were i was just at his wedding yeah. uh recently in cancun my buddy robert from our drama club i see all the time he lives downtown la he was my first roommate when i moved to town right you know, my friend Darcy, I talked to, uh, Tex Lee, of course, like, you know, the, 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 the li those lifers, uh, that you see all the time, usually based on some sort of shared geography. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Lee and I obviously have been super close because we, I was living in New York for a long time and going back and forth from New York to LA a lot. Darcy was on the coast. Robert's out here in LA. But even for people that uh, are in Knoxville or in the South, uh, we stay in touch with that Facebook group and that's been our best way to do it. Sad to say, I do not keep as great a contact with the friends from elementary and middle school as I do with my friends from high school. I think those are more, the teenage years were more formative years for me than uh, than the earliest ones. Yeah. Those are seasons. Those are seasons of we're all kids. We're all doing this together. Like we're all figuring out life together and there's some divergence in there and people are drawn to one another. And then you get to junior high or middle school and that's really like, not only are you trying to deal with like a changing body and changing brain, changing chemicals, but you're trying to figure out where you fit into this like social pecking order that exists. And that continues into high school as, as you like, yeah. number one, you're trying to either hold on to where you were in some way or climb or not be noticed or be noticed. But also you're aware as you get to the end of that journey, they're like, Oh, I'm about to take a step. A, a much larger step, whether I'm going to college, whether I'm going to trade school, whether I'm going to work, like I'm, I can't go back to this. I've been yeah. in this specific world and now I have to step out and experience something else. And I don't know what that's going to be like, man, but I do have, I grew up an only child famously, mm-hmm. famously in the context of the show and nowhere else. Yeah. Famously to the people of the world and to uh, me for purposes of saying, oh, my God, you're being such an only child. Right now. <laughs> I know, exactly. My best friend in the world, I, who I spoke with tonight for like a half an hour, I met him in... Best friend John. Best friend John, who I met in 1983. I love it. So for 40 years. Wow. We have known one another. And then right behind him is a friend that I met in 1989 and then 1990 and then 1991, I think is the most recent, but I have five friends who are my brothers and sisters. And, and even if we don't voice talk all the time, we are constantly in communication with one another. Um, of them, Damien is the one who lives out here. Damien is the reason I moved to Los Angeles. Well, I have Damien one. to thank then. You have Damien to thank, but like those are people with whom I've been intertwined for so long. Like it's, I can't imagine. I remember when I started dating Jennifer and I had to have a conversation mm-hmm. with her. I was like, I have people in my life that I'm really, really close with. And I just want you to be aware of that. And that like that those are relationships that are really important to me. Not saying if you don't like them or they don't like you that, that you have to go, but just trying to impress upon her because I'm aware that's not as normal for everybody maybe as it was for me. Or I don't know how normal that is for everyone. Not everyone has that experience. They may have one or two, but they might not have five yeah and then other people that they collect along the way uh including uh my friend jordan my college roommate steve you ken like people who wind up in that sort of gravitational pull so like for me i part of what i cherish about different grades is i remember meeting those people but some of them i met during really crappy times in my life sure so like and sometimes that forges a relationship and forges a friendship and a bond It can. And sometimes it's just a thing that also happened. Mm -hmm. Like second grade was really tough for me because it was, it was my first year at this school. I didn't know anybody. It felt completely different than where I was before. My mother went into rehab like that fall. So I had to deal with like trying to understand at six or seven years old what that meant, but also have like this. It was just like a ton of upheaval. Mm -hmm. 
and our main teacher wasn't a great teacher. The other teacher was fantastic, like someone I maintained a relationship with for the rest of her life and whose daughter I'm still friends with to this day. But, I love that. you know, like I have bad memories of that. So to me, that was a bad grade, not because I didn't learn anything, but just and and it like second grade is just sort of second grade. Like, do you yeah. have strong feelings about second grade one way or the other? Not really. I mean, second grade, I I think we can right now what it feels like as far as this episode goes. Mm-hmm. I think we're starting with the social element of it, sure. Uh, which I think is a great place to start. And I think where we've landed first organically for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so socially, I don't really, honestly, I don't remember second grade. Right. But here's the thing about where, where I went to school. Once you met everyone in first grade, with the exception of one or two new people every yeah. year, it was the same crew. You sure. know what I mean? There yeah. was no upheaval in second grade for me. I went to the mm-hmm. same, uh, I knew the same kids from kindergarten through first, second, third, all the way up through eighth grade. So we saw, like, I will be forever bonded to that crew because we saw each other at our most awkward mm-hmm. and at our most vulnerable. You know what I mean? As sure. little kids, you are babes in the woods, man. And, uh, so like, there are people now that I see as an adult online or in life. And I remember, I, I could remember what their school picture looked. So there are people that I knew growing up from kindergarten through eighth grade. And I can remember what they looked like in all of their school pictures and what they all looked like in all of our big class photos. That would be a fun montage to do. Like, remember that Michael Jackson video, black or white, where the faces yeah. all transformed at the <laughs> yes. end. If I could do that. With there's got to be like a a TikTok filter that does that, right? Yeah, and just stack all nine years of those K through eight. That would be amazing. I love that that video was like it took 900 engineers 20 years to make this technology, yeah. and now, now it's like a filter, my phone right? does it. I don't like this Dude, one. I want cat whiskers. You can say that about anything. <laughs> our phones, our phones could uh, get us to everything that Apollo 11 could do. Our phones can do now. When I was a child, the phone had a dial you put your finger in and made it go around. And then you had to wait, and then you did the next number. We called them rotary phones. When I was a child, the telephone was just a person, and you put your finger in their hole, and then they yelled real loud to the next town over. I didn't say which hole. Don't make that face. Now let me out of this cell. I didn't confess to nothing. I don't have a lawyer. I'm representing myself. Objection! So it, I, I wonder then, as we look at socially, what is the best year of school? It was the best year, and then finding the worst. That's how we're going to find oh, the oh, worst oh, year. Oh, find that. Oh, I, I yeah, we keep forgetting this. I keep forgetting this is a because best that's year. what happens. Like we, I, I, here's what I love. We're about so this. wired to find the best. That and also, I love that looking into our past, we're finding like we're hunting for bad stuff and instantly finding good stuff. Yeah. I think that's great. That's that's keep worth getting this is the worst one. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's recalibrate. Yeah. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll we'll really dive into this and figure out what we're looking for, and then we'll find it because we always do. In the meantime, the people who have Max Fun memberships are the ones that keep this show running month to month. And if you enjoy this show, you might enjoy some of the other wonderful shows on the Max Fun Network. You're gonna get to hear a little bit about those. I can't predict the future. All I can do is look towards it. We'll be right back. Hey. Let us guess. You love books, but wish you had more time to read. 
Or maybe you used to read a lot, but life has gotten in the way, kids, grad school, you name it. Maybe you don't know where to start and bookish social media is overwhelming. How do people on TikTok read so many books? Oh my God, I don't know. And maybe you've been reading the same book for six months and now it's permanently attached to your bedside table. Maybe you don't even know what you like to read anymore. We're Reading Glasses, and don't worry, we got you. We'll get you back into reading and help you enjoy books again. Reading Glasses, every week on Maximum Fun. Which animal has the most bones? Why isn't Pluto a planet? Why are bees electrically charged? Let's find out together on our show, Let's Learn Everything, where we learn anything and everything interesting. My name's Caroline, and I studied biodiversity and conservation. My name's Tom, and I studied computer science and cognitive blah, 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 blah. Mm, Did you? <laughs> <laughs> and my name's Ella, and I studied stem cells and regenerative medicine. On our show, we do as much research as you would for a class, but we don't get in trouble for making each other laugh. Subscribe to Let's Learn Everything every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. Okay, Hal, we got to talk about the worst. I know we're positive guys. We talk, yes. got to talk about the worst. So maybe the social factor is not necessarily going to be a thing, but I'll tell you what it's going to eliminate. It's going to eliminate the corners. It's going to eliminate 12th grade when everything has all come together and uh-huh. you've solidified your friend group. You've solidified your enemies list, maybe. The social extremes mm. are not going to be our victor for the worst year. So that's going to be kindergarten and first grade, eighth grade and ninth grade. Those big transition years. You don't think ninth grade is? No, freshman. Well, see, I switched. I switched schools. But even then, you switch into, we did too. Like we weren't all, So I didn't like go to school in Little House on the Prairie. There were distinct buildings. You stayed where you were and then eventually you went to the next area. So you wound up in high school. You but really it was the same, but you were kids. with the same kids, weren't you? When I didn't know who the senior class at my high school was. No, but you, through. but you didn't make, oh, I guess it was, see, I guess it was different for me because where I grew up, it's, you know, or where, where I, I mean, my school experience was at the point of high school. That was when the big jumble happened. And districts changed, you know, so public school, I think there might have been a bit of a shift as well, going from private school to public school, Catholic school to public school at that point. That to me was socially a great year because I made all brand new friends. Were you bullied in school? No, not really. Yeah. So you had the, I went to a small school and got bullied like multiple times in different areas yeah man you've mentioned that before and that i feel really bad for you for that that sucks right Uh, but not knowing when you get to eighth grade when Mm -hmm. you get to fifth grade when you get to 12th grade you have ascended to the top of the mountain even Mm -hmm. if you are the least popular kid in your class chances are that you have some status over people who are younger than you you at least have that Mm -hmm. when you go into a freshman year Mm -hmm. or a sixth grade not kindergarten, because you're too young, I think, to really figure it out. Like, anything that's going on there is just like, I don't like your red hair. Like, yeah. that's not based on anything, really. Even though that stuff could carry over to, to the teen years, too. Sure. But when you come in sixth grade and ninth grade, you're at these inflection points mm-hmm. where you're expected to be all of a sudden to have made a big leap and be a lot older than you were. And yet, no matter how popular you were, no matter how good it was in the previous school, you have to start over. You get to start over, but you also have to start over. 
And so I think that makes those grades up. Now, my ninth grade was also terrible for different Mm. reasons. But part of that was like what I experienced was I came out of a great eighth grade year where I felt like, oh, I figured some of this out. And then I missed like the retreat at the beginning of ninth grade. And I was like behind socially for the rest of the year, which is ridiculous. It's like four days. Yeah. But that just speaks to like even the friendships you thought you had have shifted. Because everybody, that jumble happens and everybody's resetting and figuring out, oh, where do I fit in all this? Do you think part of that has to do with the age? Because you're also, that's puberty, that's 13, that. Sure. Well, no, I, you were 13. Were you Gary Coleman in that movie where he goes to college? <laughs> I don't remember when that the happened. With the 200 IQ, with, 12. The with, the, with the 200 IQ or 180 IQ or whatever. No, you go into, so you go into your freshman year when you're generally like 14 going on 15. No, that's uh. You go, you're 18 when you graduate high school, so you're 17 when you come out of your. You're 13 when you graduate year. eighth grade. You're 14, 13 or 14, depending on how you were probably one of the younger kids in your class because you were on May birthday, yeah. April, yeah. Or April, right? Sorry, was I do know what his birthday I, is. How dare you? Was I 14? And now I'm now I'm getting now I'm getting this way off. What what year did you graduate high school? 97. How old were you? 18. Exactly. So how old were you at the end of junior year? Oh, okay. Yeah. You come into, you're 14 years old, which is top of the pecking order for a junior high. Yeah. Or middle school. I guess guess puberty is early middle school. Obviously, I should point out at this point, it's been a long time since we were kids and uh, neither of us are parents. So we are doing this entirely from what may be fuzzy memories. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like some of those memories are burned more into my brain than yours. And it it fascinates me the different childhoods that we had. Well, you and I eat different brownies, my friend. That's that's true. And in different amounts. That's true. <laughs> when I make a brownie pan, uh-huh. if it's a long one, I mm. never cut it into squares. I don't cut it into small squares. No, I you just, just have giant like, brownie bars. Oh, I carve it up like it's the risk board. And I go, well, I guess I'm going to have Kamchatka for dessert tonight. I just grab a, a huge hunk of it. Yeah. Look, you're supposed to get the whole continent. That's how you get extra pieces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it won't, if I don't get enough brownie, it won't hold all this ice cream on it. <laughs> oh, if I get all of North America, I get seven extra crumbs. <laughs> My feet hurt. <laughs> Yeah, so I I think those periods are really, really difficult. The coming out of the school, I think, is generally better because you've had time there. You figured it out. Again, you're top of the pecking order, and then mm. it resets. And that can be great for people or it can be really difficult. So I think those huge moments of transition are some of the worst. Like fourth grade is the worst. Third grade is the worst. How could they be the worst? They're like – Middle grade. Now, bad things can happen to people in those times, and those are independent. But I think if you look at the overall experience, I think mm-hmm. it's either somewhere in middle school, seventh grade, or it's, I think, ninth grade. I think it's I, my three, if I were to put three up right now, yeah. would probably be sixth, seventh, and ninth. And ninth in particular, I think, is really brutal because you're forced to make a huge leap each time. And sometimes you're ready yeah. for it, sometimes you're not. But that reshuffle, it's hard enough to do all that stuff, but then it's like also you need to start learning chemistry. Like you're all this stuff yeah. that, the classes get harder each time. But yeah. by the end of each school, you've even figured out the classes a little bit. 
Like, well, you know what see, you can do and what you can't. And that propels you to what you're going to study next because you've figured out either your core competency or what you're interested in. Generally. See, I guess I was, I guess it was different for me because I already knew what I was interested in. Mm. And going into high school for me, freshman year was one of my favorites mm-hmm. because I, it was all new people for me. My whole freshman class was new. Mm-hmm. I was in a huge school. So it was easy to kind of find my niche and stay there. I had never been in a school with a theater department before and with a drama club and with a choir and all of that and everything that that entailed. So for me, when I got to high school, you know, it was as soon as I get there, I find my new tribe, you know, find my new tribe and settle in with them. And God bless our drama club. Shout out to the invisible players. (laughs) We all had each other's back freshman through senior. You know what I mean? Sure. Which I was really excited. And also I was, I was, I guess kind of an anomaly because I had spent so much time acting from the time I was really little that I had this network outside of school. And I had friends who were upperclassmen who I had done shows with growing up being in Kids Unlimited. So there were a few kids from Kids Unlimited who went to Farragut High School. So I knew them already going in and they would have my back. And also having an older brother who was on the football team definitely helped sure those are all huge advantages and i knew people like you know people who are the great above you i mean the people who graduated the year before me a lot of them i knew for 10 years yeah but you know we didn't really build strong relationships until that high school period when we were doing shows together and then also all working together there during the summer at the summer camp they would put on so uh, you know we didn't have a drama club we had school plays Mm mm-hmm and for the first two years, it was like just trying to break into it. It wasn't like yeah. a club where we all tried. It's like you're just trying to get into the play. Then comes Ken Belinsky to teach junior and senior year and really instill like this is what an equity production is like. And we're going to have a deputy for this production. And we're actually going to teach acting classes. And you actually start learning, you know, the original guy, Gene Frank, who was not a bad guy at all. He was more of like a technical guy. He was a technical theater guy. He wasn't really – the way he taught acting was like when you say the word, you have to have emotion that goes with it, like to be or not to be. And that is the start. Anybody who is an actor, I can tell from the – like just you listening to it, it's one of the worst freaking habits you can have as an actor is like, yeah. well, emotions go with words. Uh, did you ever see the movie Lady Bird? Yes. Oh, man. That has my absolute – oh, we talked about that. We did best uh, high school movie. Mm-hmm. We talked about Lady Bird, and that has my favorite depiction of a high school drama class when they all sit around and the teacher, who I believe is also a priest because it was a Catholic school, which is also hilarious. Yeah. And they're all sitting around and he goes, okay, the acting lesson today is whoever cries first wins. That made me laugh so hard <laughs> that the idea is just make yourself cry. That's mm-hmm. acting class. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Listen, they were great at teaching other things, and that's no slight on priests. There, I'm sure there's some great priests out there who are great actors, but yeah, that bit is hilarious. And um, you're making a face. No, no, I'm considering all this. Mm-hmm. You're going like, well, I had a brother who was on the football team. Yeah, I had drama club. I had kids unlimited. Oh, there were mm-hmm. a bunch of kids who were like, you leave him alone. You haven't heard him sing Hound Dog. <laughs> Only the harmony part, even though I'm playing Elvis. I'm curious what you think is the worst grade and why. 
just I want to hear your sort of thoughts on it. Well, I think there is a whole element of this that we have not talked about yet. And I am trying to look at this objectively because I, you and I have had vastly different experiences in this. Yes. And honestly, I think everybody has a vastly different experience. No, it's all exactly like mine. I'm so relatable. This is a really difficult one to look at objectively mm. when there's so much subjectivity in what is a difficult year. So mm. I'm trying to do more listening than talking about what, uh, cause honestly, I was never bullied. I had these advantages of an older brother on the football team and kids that were older than me that could kind of usher me in and take me under their wing that, I knew from older grades that would kind of have my back and vouch for me as performer kids. You did get bit by that radioactive spider when you were on a school trip to the lab. That's true. That's true. And I don't want to discount any of those experiences. But But get over it. (laughs) There is one thing that we haven't talked about that I think might narrow down. The answer to your question is I don't know. Because you're like, they were all good. Yeah, I loved school. They were all great. What's happening? I'm looking around for, I like, by the way, Ken Plume is, is probably on the, the fetal position on his floor in oh tears, God. covered in a blanket that he hasn't taken out of the closet since 1984. Oh my God. <laughs> but I want to look a little bit just to give some sort of objectivity palette cleanser, I guess, mm. mm-hmm. as we sort of uh, zero in and, and near uh, the third act. Of this episode. Sure. I want to look at curriculum and what you learn in each of the individual grades. This is from a website, by the way, verywellfamily.com. Thank you for putting this together. I looked around for a little while and you guys were the most succinct and concise version of this that I found. The brief version, we can start with kindergarten, and that is learning the alphabet. You know what I mean? Learning the basic words, science, you learn that plants and animals need to grow. You learn uh, the major parts of the human body, and then you can recognize your name. So it's definitely not kindergarten because all of that sounds amazing. Yeah. Right. And then you develop throughout your attention span increases. Uh, social studies in first grade, you're learning about, uh, community. You learn in science the difference between earth sciences, life sciences, and physical science, air and weather, plants and animals, solids and liquids. What do you Hold on. Wait, you're, you're brushing, you're rushing through this. Hold on. What was your GPA when you graduated high school? Uh, three, six, three. Oh my God. You even like the classes. Sitting here running through, trying to find a thing that you don't like. No, I was, you know what I realized here? No, here's what I was doing. I was, cause I knew where I was aiming with this and I started doing a list and I know you don't like me just, you know, you don't like me being thorough. So I was trying to not not be thorough. thorough. It's all you're doing is like, uh, let me, let me just blow through and then you learn where your thumbs are. I was, I was trying, I was trying to go through it quickly. And just, I was trying to hit the highlights because you, you always you hit the lowlights. Like, it's the bad ones. What, what was bad? What classes did you hate in high school? In, in, in high school, school in general, what classes did you hate? Was there a, a collection of classes like the math classes, the science classes, the English or literature classes? Were there some that you just didn't connect with that you, from your grade point average would tell me that you connected pretty well with most of them? Yeah. I, uh, I connected pretty well with the classes. I hated math class. A fourth grade. Like math. Fourth grade math sucked. 
That was subtraction, division, multiplication. No, that was, uh, that, uh, advanced fourth grade math. You're learning advanced multiplication, division, advanced fractions, and you're starting to get a little bit of algebra and geometry. You are? Did you go to Professor Xavier's school for gifted youngsters? No, though I was, we did have kind of two tracks and I was on, uh, the, the genius track. When I wasn't doing my shows tracks. at the mall, I was I was in the advanced math track. Shut up. No, no I was. I'm, listen, I'm don't I don't I don't want you to carry. I don't think you do carry guilt. I don't want you to yeah. carry guilt in this instance for any amount of time because not because you had it easy, but because you had a pleasant experience. Yeah. In school, that's not to say you didn't go through things that were difficult or hard or that you didn't encounter any tough times at all. And I don't want you to feel bad that you, I, I wouldn't say it as you had it easy. I, it just, I, it fascinates me how different our experiences were. Like for yeah. me getting into acting resulted in me being way less interested in everything else. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't something that came easily to me, I like there were, there was a stretch in probably ninth grade where I just wasn't doing any of the work because I didn't like it. I hated yeah. it and I didn't want to do the homework. I just, I knew, I, I knew then what I wanted to do, but I didn't have the confidence to go after, like I wasn't going after it in that way. I hadn't really done any, I didn't have an, uh, an Amigos or, or a Kids Unlimited. Yeah. I was really doing, it. I had like Cinekid, which nobody talks about anymore for, uh, probably pretty decent <laughs> reasons, but like that I didn't have. What is Cinekid? Cinekid was like a workshop for kids where you learn like television, radio productions that you put on shows that would be on cable access. Gotcha. But it was a different experience and not, and so I didn't have that, those relationships that came into my school. It was people mm-hmm. from a bunch of different schools that would come together and then go off to their worlds and you wouldn't know, like, you know, I didn't know what was going on in upper Dublin junior high. Like I didn't know what was going on there. I, I was, was not, I, I didn't school. listen. I didn't know what was going on in upper Dublin either. So see, we're the same. We're the same, Hal. <laughs> but I'm trying to, I'm feeling like maybe I'm a little better equipped to figure out the worst. You kind I of had... are. I honestly, I keep, my brain keeps going, what's the best year? Nope. Worst mm-hmm. year of school. I'll tell you what, it comes down to three. Okay. It comes down to seventh grade. Why seventh specifically? Sixth grade, seventh grade, and ninth grade. Here's why seventh grade. Seventh grade specifically, because that's the year you turn 13. So really, like, even the kids who are, the kids who are early bloomers have already started blooming, but everybody else mm-hmm. is expected to bloom because that's the time you're taught that it really starts to happen. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't, and really that's all bull crap. It happens for people whenever it happens. Yeah. There is no normal. There is no right. There is like what your body, your body's going to do what your body's going to do, but yeah. that doesn't excuse the pressure that you're put under. Either societally or just within that little enclave of kids to be like, should I not be like changing all of a sudden shit? Like when you're a little kid, you don't care. Like everyone will just run around naked and get changed and then go and do it because nobody cares what anybody's body is doing at all. Then in sixth, seventh grade, it's really important. Like I, I learned probably at 11 or 12, I'm going to wear a shirt in the swimming pool because I know that those kids look like they're in shape and I look like I'm not. So this will hide it, especially when it gets wet and clings to my form. Yeah. And it just looks like a package of cookie dough. 
and seventh grade in particular, because in a school with Jewish kids, that's bar and bat mitzvah year. Mm-hmm. So you have this like social season that happens and where you get invited and where you don't get invited and uh, where you sit when you're there. And do you, and if you are being a bar bat mitzvah, is your theme good? Like it's a big deal to have like a good party. Yeah. And it's like the one night you're popular because you're the star of the show. But then the rest of the time, it's like, oh, I did I get invited to that one or can I go? Or like, it's just a very like high pressure situation. Was most of your social circle at that time because of the bar and bat mitzvahs? Because you were at a Quaker school, but being a Jewish kid at a Quaker mm-hmm. school were a lot most of of- Jewish. Uh, oh, okay. So, but oh, we were like over 50% Jewish, but were you, so were there other kids in the neighborhood that didn't go to your school that you were close with through like the synagogue and the bar and bat mitzvah world that weren't no. at Abingdon friends? No, I got, bull- at I got bullied at Hebrew school. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's why I stopped. I was like, I should get confirmed. Cause after you, it gets, you get like bar mitzvah and then you do confirmation mm. where you really like join the community. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to get confirmed. I did this. It's a big deal. I got my certificate of consecration. Now I'm going to go to confirmation classes. Number one, they bored me. Number two, I got teased by all the other kids. I don't remember having a friend. I want to, there's so many, there's so many like 13 year olds whose asses I want to whoop after this episode. Hal, you have no idea. (laughs) It makes it sound like my entire child, childhood is me being pinballed around people's (laughs) fists and feet, which isn't true. I wasn't getting beat up per se, not often. But it's more like the psychological torture is worse. It's the being made to feel outside and you're way more vulnerable to that in a sixth or seventh grade or a ninth grade where you're getting into, into high school that like you could also say, Hey, by the time I get to 12th grade, whatever it is, is magnified. Some, some, something has been magnified for me. It was performing like I, that I found my skin, what I was good at, what I loved doing. That I, I knew, like I had, I had an identity by then, but I was still figuring it out. Sixth grade, seventh grade. Let me ask you this then, Hal. Yeah. And then again, as an outsider looking at this, then mm-hmm. if we're trying to pick the worst year, it seems like there are two different options and one that covers both of them. Um, it seems like in, uh, in seventh grade, you are, uh, you are coming into, a social awareness that could lead to anxiety. Sure. In ninth grade, you are coming into a new environment that could lead to anxiety. In sixth grade, if your middle school is separate from the rest of the school, you mm-hmm. get both of those. That's a double whammy. You do. The reason I would pull for ninth grade, the more I think about it, is mm-hmm. because on top of that, the classes get harder. Because all of yeah. a sudden you're taking high school, like, all right, you have to figure everything out. You're not on top of the hill anymore. Now you're, everything's being reshuffled. So if you don't have athletics or something to lean on as your calling card, cause you know, you can't, I wasn't the star of, of homeroom in eighth grade. I was just in it. Yeah. I didn't really like, I didn't really ascend anything to like 11th. I didn't, I didn't even do the, the school plays in 10th grade. I wasn't even in them because you have, you'd have been great, man. I didn't have con- like it was I, it was just a bizarre thing, but I think on top of all that, like you you show it like oh some of these kids are driving and have mustaches, <laughs> a- and and I have to start taking like high school level classes. I think that is 
I think that makes it the worst grade because it's so the pressure mounts. You're, you're out of the safety net of junior high. You all of a sudden only have a few years ahead of you before you have to be out. You really have to start thinking at a younger, like, what's the next step for me? Is it, is it college? Where do I want to go to college? What do I want to study? Like those things are starting, but then also like, Oh, everything social just got reshuffled. You have to figure out where you, where you fit again. And kids aren't just dating anymore and trying to get a smooch. Like the pressure, the pressure has built and mounted socially, Mm -hmm. physically where you are. Like if you're not making strides by the time you're a freshman in high school, that is a potential pain point and the academic pressure increases. Yeah. So I think it's the ninth grade. Yeah. I can see that. I, like I said, My experience was different in that it was so brand new to me and I had elders ushering me in and guiding me through it. But even with that, I remember ninth grade and the stresses of that. It was not all yellow brick roads and candy canes and Broadway musicals. I mean, it was a lot of that. But You know the feeling of being in an audition and you feel like you've done a great job and the Mm -hmm. response is, what else you got? That was ninth grade. That I think is what ninth grade is. Cause like you've had eighth grade, like, Oh, I'm killing it. I figured, I figured something out and then it shuffles and it because well, what else you got? Cause now, now there's gotta be, you have to figure out more. Yeah. So I think it's ninth yeah. grade. Are you comfortable with that? I feel like I whatever am. I say you're going to be comfortable with because I, 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 uh, have cornered the market on worst, on worst, <laughs> uh, experiences between the two of us in this instance. Yes. Yes. Uh, when we do the worst hangover episode, you're going to have to take my word for it. Hangover two, because it feels like hangover one, but not as good. <sighs> it's ninth grade. People of the world, we all have different school experiences. And I hope that your experience was closer to Mark's than to mine. And look, if you had an experience, if you had experiences like mine, that's okay too. I hope you are able to process and work through them because that is important. And that is something I have learned especially the last couple of years, just how important that is. So everybody's going to have a different worst year. But I think on the whole, ninth grade is the worst of them all for the number of changes that are happening that you have to roll with. And if any one of them is off a little bit, it can make the struggle a lot greater to get to where you're more comfortable. And if you knew who you were then, I think that is awesome and I am thrilled. But ninth grade is the worst grade. Thank you for asking, Naomi. This one is asked and answered. This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss, so please reach out to us on Twitter at WeGotThisTweets, or you can email us at WeGotThisPodcast at gmail.com, or head to our Facebook group. Let's all just talk about school, get it out, share it. It's better that way. Facebook.com slash groups slash WeGotThisPodcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who probably feels like he's been working on this show since high school. You can follow him and support him, all the wonderful things he's doing at Patreon.com slash Ken Plume, including Force 5. I am in the midst of the latest episode with Toy Poloi, who's a guy who fixes, he finds like damaged Star Wars toys and fixes them. And just the conversation about what that means in the collecting community uh, was very interesting to me. So please watch that. I know you'll enjoy it. Thank you also to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, who many of you, we met when we were freshmen over 400 episodes ago. Started off a little awkward, 
the bar got raised, the classes got harder. We didn't know where this was going, but now as we're well into our sophomore season of the show, thanks for sticking around with us. And we wouldn't be here doing the show without you. We couldn't be here doing the show without you. So yeah, it's fun to go on this journey with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.